Hey mama, hey, welcome back to Mama's Mission. I am Deb and you're in for a real, real treat today. I think I say that every time I interview someone, but yeah, seriously, a treat. Today I am interviewing Rebecca George and she is so, so good. A wealth of knowledge, we unpack calling and all that jazz. Rebecca is a wife, a dog mom, I'll say it with the accent. She is an author, she's a podcast host and so much more. Her heart is chock-a-block full of love for you, Mama, and for the Lord, and that just oozed out in our conversation. It was so good. A lot of our conversation is laced with scripture on her part, and she was just such a wealth of information. I hope this encourages you, Mama, especially if you're wanting to hear more about calling. I know it can kind of be a hard topic to get into because our calling as mums is to be a mum, but there's so much more that God wants for us. And she really goes into how to discover your calling if you don't necessarily know what that is. And then if you do know what it is, what do you do in those seasons where you are busy in the throes of motherhood and you feel like you have to put your calling to the side? How do you live that out at the same time as doing other things? It was such a good conversation and I know you're going to be blessed. Hey mama, welcome to Mama's Mission. Do you wish pointing your kids to Jesus could be simple? Are you overwhelmed with no schedule and good habits? So what you want to achieve, like discipling, doesn't happen. Do you have the best intentions to read that devotion with the kids? But after a bit, you lose your groove and feel that pointing your kids to Jesus is too hard. Hey, I'm Deb. I too was overwhelmed with the concept of discipling my littles. I was inconsistent in showing my kids Jesus, jumping from one idea to the next, and I wished for some structure to my day to make that happen. I wanted some routines and ideas on how to point my kids to Jesus, but I kept telling myself this is too hard and will take way too much time, until I found routines and habits. In this podcast, you'll discover what discipling your kids is and looks like, how to schedule time in to point your kids to Jesus, and what tools you can use to help you so that you can be the mama living out her greatest mission, to show her kids Jesus. So grab a coffee, or maybe two, kick back and get ready to launch into your mission. Before we get into the actual nitty gritty of the conversation, I just want to throw in that I love hearing from you. It lights me up whenever I hear from any listener. So if you want to contact me, you can contact me at Instagram, a dash of Deb, or better, better, better yet, please join up to the email list. It's in the description box where I'm not going to just throw random emails your way. I just want to throw information that is so useful. I want to serve you. That's my heart. So I'm not going to clog up your inbox, but I would love to connect with you in that way. It would be so amazing. So just click the link in the description and it'll lead you right there. Anyway, let's not beat around the bush and let's get into this amazing interview with Rebecca George. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rebecca. It's such a privilege to be able to interview you. Thanks a bunch. (laughs) Oh, Deborah, I'm so happy to be with you. I love what you're doing and encouraging mamas, and it's just a joy to get to share this conversation with you. Awesome. Are you able to share with our listeners a bit about yourself? 
Sure. Well, I am a pastor's wife to my husband, Dustin, who is lead pastor of our local church here in, in the South, which you can probably tell by my accent. (laughs) (laughs) We live in the U S and we live in a beautiful state called Tennessee. It is where Dolly Parton is from. My actual town is, is a neighboring town to where Dolly grew up, which is a fun fact about me. And so I frequent Dollywood and love country music and am just entrenched in that culture. Um, so serving in our local church, walking alongside my husband as he leads and pastors our church is a huge part of my life. And then uh, as we've talked about before we hit record, I write books and I speak and lead a podcast ministry called Radical Radiance, which really is a, a name for the conversations that we have that point us back to what it looks like to radiate the heart of Jesus in all that we do. It goes back to this verse that God put on my heart from Psalm 34, it's verse five, and it says, those who look to him are radiant, those who look to Jesus are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. And so we love talking about what it looks like to radiate him in uh, our lives, our marriages, our work, all of those things. And so uh, I, I know that we have a very similar heart in how we serve women and encourage them. And so I'm super excited about this conversation today. Oh, that's awesome. A side note, I went to Tennessee <gasps> we, yeah, and we missed out on Dollywood. I was so upset. Okay. We, went, we went on New Year's Day, the one day that she didn't have it open. Oh, um, I'm so bummed for you. What did you get to do in Tennessee? Tell well, me. Well, we didn't we didn't really get to do a whole lot because as I said, New Year's Day, but we actually yeah. went to Kentucky. So we went to the Ark. Oh, it's beautiful and, there. Yeah. And on the way back to North Carolina, we kind of thought, hey, we can't not go all the way to Kentucky <laughs> and not go to Tennessee. So we just, it was, it was a short lived trip, but man, we were oh. so gutted. <laughs> oh, that's such a bummer. Well, you will just have to come back and I'm a great Dollywood tour guide. So I can take you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. It's totally, it's on. <laughs> I would love if we could touch on your book a little bit. The title is Do the Thing. And I would love it if you could share a bit about what the book is about with the listeners. Sure. I would be honored to. So I would say, and and you read the subtitle, it's gospel-centered goals, gumption, and grace for the go-getter girl. And I don't know about you, Deborah, but for me, every personality test I've taken throughout my life has told me that I'm an achiever of some sort. That's kind of (laughs) been, it's always been the end result. And so I relate big time to kind of the go-getter girl type mentality of, I want to use my gifts and talents to the glory of God, but I want to see that in a right perspective. I want the way that I live and the way that I pursue my calling to be in line with what God says in his word about who he is and who I am in him. And so we have a lot of conversation around, you know, the fact that God in his character, he is infinite. I'm so thankful for that. He's limitless in all of his ways. And the problem is we're not right. Yeah. And so we have very real limits and very real capacity. And when we realize that, when we realize God for who he is and live in light of that truth, I think we're able to press back a little harder against things like, you know, the hustle culture that we see kind of run rampant in our culture and just that 
attitude of striving and hustling harder for things when we really rest in who God is and live out of that place of abundance of the gifts and talents that he's given us and how we feel called to use them for his glory, but not at the cost of our family, not at the cost of our sanity. We want to make sure that we rest as well and and how to balance all of that. I think that's hard for all of us, particularly as moms. When I talk to moms, I know this is a, it's an additional struggle when you have that layer of caring for your kiddos on top of pursuing your calling and and being a wife and all of, all of those hats that we all wear. And um, so I love talking about how do we do that well and how do we see things from a biblical perspective so that we're able to have a foundation that we come back to when maybe we experience things like fear or doubt or insecurity, or maybe we're starting something new and we're fearful of that, or God's asking us to lay something down in order to create capacity elsewhere. And there's maybe some disappointment or shame associated with that. How do we surrender that to him? All of those moments along the way, as we faithfully pursue him and our calling, um, I love having conversation about those things. Wow. That sounds like such a chock-a-block book. That, <laughs> That's a good well, way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like there's so much to it, but you're so right. There's such a hustle culture in society these days. And all the Bible screams at us is rest and to be still. And it's something that is even this morning in my quiet time with the Lord, he was like, just be still. And it's something that sounds so simple, but when you put it into practice, it's actually quite difficult to do. It is. It is. It is so hard to rest. But again, I think when we realize who we are in him, that God doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us in the gifts and talents that he's given us this side of heaven. And, and we get to live out of that abundance and it's not all up to us or on us, right? We get to partner with God and in, in his work, it's his work at the end of the day, right? Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. a quote, a quote that I say in the book is the outcome is his but the obedience is ours. Oh, that's right. Good. It's not all on us. It's not all up to us. The outcome is his, but the obedient next step that he's calling you to is, is ours for the taking. Right. And so we get yeah. to do that step by step with him. I think many times as women and as mamas, I often hear the feedback that we feel alone in our calling. Right. And, and so remembering that biblical truth of we are not alone as a follower of Christ, the, the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, the Holy spirit indwells us as followers of Christ. Yeah. Right? We, maybe we've read that scripture, but we need to re be reminded of that truth and live like it's true. You know, that like, yeah. like I said it once, but for, if you missed it, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave resides in you as a follower of Christ. And so we are not alone. It is not all up to us. We get to partner with him. And that means resting in him. That means leaving the outcome to him, right? And so if we're not real sure on those foundational truths, uh, like what I just mentioned, we're going to get to those moments where we're challenged to strive to the next thing or uh, maybe feel fear over a next step of faith. And if we're rooted in that biblical truth, that's where we'll turn, right? We're, we're all, yeah. um, the analogy I like to use is we're all filling our cups with something, right? 
Mm-hmm. And as we go about our life and as, you know, your listeners are coming who are all mamas and they're being faithful within their motherhood, our cups are spilling against other people's cups all day long. And we're filling our cups with something. And so when they bump up against life and when they bump up against the people around us, something will spill and let it be that biblical truth, that foundation that we're standing on. And so that's, that's what I want us to all leave feeling encouraged about is, is who God is and who we are in him and how we live as a result of that. That's so cool. I love that. How you're so right. It's we're partnering with him and we're doing this in his strength. And I think a lot of the times we think, you know, as mamas, we've got to do it all. You know, we, we've got to do all the things, but that's not the reality when you are in a relationship with Christ. It's letting him kind of take the reins and we've got to go along for the ride. And as you said, you highlighted being obedient. That's our job. And that is actually really difficult to do if you that's are so a controlling hard. person. <laughs> oh, Deborah, I know nothing about being controlling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cannot relate at all. I can't relate at all to that. (laughs) I'd love to touch on calling because obviously this is something that you're really passionate about. And I am too. I think it's so awesome that we have an understanding of our calling. Are you able to talk to the listener who is kind of thinking that's something that sounds great? How do we actually step into that? How do we discover, especially as mamas, you know, it can get so overwhelming that in the throes of motherhood, that's all we're consumed with. And we think calling, like, isn't this my calling? And it is to an extent, but God might have something else for you. So how do you discover that? Yeah, yeah. Well, before I go into that, I also just want to encourage every mom that is listening to this podcast right now. In what you just said of feeling like, well, this is just it right now. I'm in the throes of maybe raising babies and I'm in those early years where it is all consuming. And to that, I would say you get to steward the life of an image bearer of God every single day, right? You may be watching cartoons and baking chicken nuggets and wiping snotty noses, but wipe snotty noses to the glory of God. Remembering that each day you have an opportunity to impact their life for eternity. And that's not insignificant. So I want to start there by giving all the mamas that reminder. But if you are coming to the conversation today and you're thinking and feeling gosh, I feel like there's something more. I feel like I have something in me that needs to come out that God wants to use. There's a real practical exercise that I love walking women through that has been helpful in my own life. And I know helpful to many readers and I call it the calling Venn diagram. So we're probably most of us familiar with the concept of a Venn diagram where Mm. maybe we have a couple circles, they intersect in the middle. And what we're searching for is comparing and contrasting a certain idea until we tease out how they meet in the middle and where those two things intersect. And so for this Venn diagram, there are three bubbles. The first bubble is labeled what matters to you. And so it can be really fun and life-giving to just brainstorm around what matters to you. What naturally do you feel gifted at? Maybe when you're doing that particular thing, you lose track of time. 
and it comes naturally to you. You excel at it. And guess what? God knit that in you, right? And so that's a gift. And so we should recognize that. So brainstorming around that first, the second bubble is labeled what matters to God. And so that's where we really get to search his word to examine and and find what matters to God that also lines up with what matters to you, right? And there's an intersection point between those two things. And the third bubble is labeled what matters to other people. So what might be some practical needs that you see in the world or a place where you could use your gifts and talents to serve inside the local church or in your community that lines up with what matters to you, right? And so I think a lot of times we will do a really good job of nailing down a couple of these circles. Like maybe we realize what matters to us and what matters to other people. And so naturally that's where we gravitate towards, but we don't really connect that with how it matters to God, Mm -hmm. right? And I think we're missing a part of the equation when we do that. In the opposite way, if we consider, okay, this thing really matters to God and it really matters to others, but it doesn't matter at all to me. I'm probably not going to have a whole lot of joy in that particular thing. Right. And and sometimes God calls us into tasks and things that we aren't just like super jazzed about. Right. But if we're talking big picture calling, we want to find that intersection point between those three things, what matters to us, what matters to God and what matters to other people and how we can use our gifts and talents for his glory, right where he's planted our feet today. That is really cool. I love that. You're so right. It's touching on all three things. It's not just because I kind of thought, you know, narrowing it down, it's all about God and what he wants and forget about us, forget about what we're good at. That's right. And other people. But you're so right. It's him, what he is important to him, how we can help others. And it's things that we're great at as well. Yeah. Well, and I I also want to say, Deborah. I think I would be remiss to uh, back to like foundational truths that we want to stand on. We have to start in this place of remembering, and Jesus made this so clear, our goal, our mission, this side of heaven is to go and make disciples. The original language for that phrase of go and make disciples actually would be said like this in the English language nowadays. It would say, as you are going, go and make disciples. Right. So sometimes it's easy to look at somebody like you or me who has a little bit of a a public ministry where we get to speak to a lot of people and share God's word and think like, well, they're the ones that have the calling or there's, they're the ones that are in ministry, but like I'm baking chicken tenders and wiping snotty noses. How do I connect going and making disciples with my everyday life? And the reality is wherever he has planted your feet, as you are going go and make disciples. And there are ways in which God has gifted you and given you talents that he desires to use for his glory. So you're right. It is all about him. And in the being all about him, there are ways that he has gifted us that are like, maybe you just excel at that particular thing. I'll give a really good example. I do not love working in spreadsheets. And doing really administrative, heavy tasks, right? That's not my gifting, but it is some people's gifting. Go use that to the glory of God. That is not insignificant in the kingdom, right? And so surrendering all of those things that he himself has gifted us with to his care and for his glory, um, that's how we continue to go and make disciples wherever it is that he's planted our feet. 
Yeah, you're so right. I love that. Um, with knowing your calling, if we are along that same vein of thought, so now that we kind of have a better understanding of our calling, can you give us an example of how it would affect your day-to-day life? So obviously, you know, as you said, and all that we're doing, we want to glorify God and keep that at the forefront. What if you've been given a calling and, okay, you're like, all right, how do I, is that something that for a season I should shelf and my mother, if I'm feeling that I should be at home with my kids or you know what I'm trying to say there? Yeah, I do understand. And I've experienced that myself. I would say if I look back over the last 10 to 12 years of my life, there has been a thread that is kind of marked where I feel God leading me in my work and even in how I serve in the church. And that has been encouraging and equipping women. I'm not sure that that will ever change, right? But has it looked different in different seasons? Absolutely. Before I was writing books and had a podcast, I was discipling college girls on my living room floor in my college dorm years and years ago, right? And that was just as significant in God's eyes than I think anything I would do on a stage or or in teaching the Bible in a more public way, right? Yeah. Being faithful in the everyday matters so much. And so there will be moments, I would even argue, where we will just sense God leading us in that kind of yes, but not right now kind of kind of way. And there's permission for that. There's grace for that. Um And I think that's where we really have to walk in step with the spirit and really pray and ask God for wisdom. God, it it says in James one, that he will give us wisdom liberally without reproach when we ask him for it. And that is something I pray for so often because we have to have his wisdom and discernment as we're making these really hard decisions, because it is difficult to feel and, and sense God leading you in a certain direction, but feel like it's not for now, right? Like Mm. real personal example. I, as I said, I have dreamed of writing books. Most of my adult life, I was the little girl who, uh, you know, most of my friends were playing school or doctor or whatever. And I was playing librarian and I had my (laughs) own Dewey decimal system of how I organized all of my children's books in my house. My mom can tell you all about it. And so being a girl who loves books and loves words and had that desire knit in her heart, even at such a young age, I can look back and see there were years of longing where I was just surrendering and laying that down before God and saying, Hey, you're not opening doors today, but you're also not taking that desire away. So like, I'm going to open my hands and hand it back to you every time I sense that longing and just say, okay, I trust you. I trust your timing, your ways and your thoughts are higher than mine. And he will bring that to pass in his timing. If that is for you, right? We know that we see that in scripture. And so we have to be faithful where he's planted our feet today and trust him with the tomorrow. Right. And, and remember that we're not behind wherever he's planted you today, whatever capacity he's given you today, you're not behind in his purposes for you. And if you still feel that longing there may absolutely be a space and a season where that's going to come to pass in the future. Yeah, that's really encouraging, actually, that if that longing is still there, it's it's going to happen eventually. And I would like to think that as we're moving with him, 
his ways or his desires for us slowly become ours, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. I love that passage that talks about, you know, and we love that verse, right? Of delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. We love majoring on part (laughs) B of that verse. Oh yeah. The desires of your heart. But what we forget is, is that happens when we delight ourselves in him and in his ways and his purposes for our season. And it's in that, in that place. And from that, well, that he gives us his desires. And then we see the desires of our heart fulfilled because they're in line with his desires. And so, um, that's probably like the big sister advice that nobody longing for something wants to hear. <laughs> right. But it's so it's, true. It's true. We have to stand on that truth of, of delighting ourselves in him, even the verse. And I mentioned it earlier that I started my podcast and centered it around. It says those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be covered in shame. And so even take, even applying that verse of maybe you're feeling shame around, like, I just don't have the time or it's not my season. And I feel this longing look to him. And it's by looking to him that we radiate him to the world around us where he's planted our feet. And then we're able to let go of that shame that today is not the day or this season is not the season. When we realize his purposes for us in this season, we're more easily able to trust him in that when we're fixing our eyes on him. That's so true. And that's where I think that ability to be still and to rest comes in because when we're constantly looking at the world and as your book highlights, you know, the whole hustle culture, I've got to do, 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 even though this doesn't fit in with my life, but I've still got to do, do, do. That just gets us more and more unsettled and discontent and further away from the Lord and what his desires are for us. Yeah. Yeah. I recently heard from a reader and this encouraged my heart so much. She said, I read the title of your book and it was so encouraging, right? Do the thing, gospel centered goals, gumption and grace for the go-getter girl. And I was concerned and this, this was her wording. I was concerned it would be a recipe for self-sufficiency. Yeah. And that is what, I don't know about you, Deborah, but that is what I found in a lot of books that have been written over the last five to 10 years about our calling and about our purpose. And those books have left me exhausted and burnt out. Yeah. And I'll be real honest and say, do the thing is my answer to those messages. And if it attracts the the go-getter girl who's been steered in the wrong direction by some of that that narrative, I pray that it meets her in, in that space where we're able to stand on those foundational truths and, and move forward with purpose. And the reader actually said, when I closed the pages of the book, I found something very different than a recipe for self-sufficiency. And that is, that is so my hope in these conversations that I get to have with people like you and in the message of the book is that we we root ourselves in biblical truth so that when those moments come, right, it's it's not that we're ever going to arrive and not experience fear or not wonder if we're doing it right or maybe experience doubt or insecurity because we're imperfect people living in a world full of brokenness. 
But in that brokenness, as we take steps of obedience forward and we rub up against some of those tensions that we find in the world, we're able to say, oh, wait, no, I'm going to stand on that biblical truth of who I am in Christ, who he is being the infinite God, the limitless God that we get to serve and, and realize my rightful place in that, that I have very real limits, that I have very real capacity. I'm going to worship God for who he is. And I'm going to live out of my rightful place as I move forward in faith. So no, I so agree. This is so encouraging. I've been so blessed by this discussion. And I know that my listeners will be too. Are you able to share with the listeners as we wrap up how they can connect with you and find out more about your amazing book and your podcast and all that you do? Well, thanks, Deborah. Absolutely. So I hang out over on Instagram probably the most, and my handle is Rebecca George Author, and I'm a CCA Rebecca, so I should clarify <laughs> that. And you can listen to Radical Radiance wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And we actually are doing a separate episode on every chapter of Do the Thing. So if there's something me and Deborah have talked about in this episode, and you think, "Ooh, I want to hear more about striving," or "I want to hear more about," taking that next step of faith. We have a conversation ready for you on all of those separate topics. So I'd love to have you there and you can grab the book anywhere you like to buy books, Amazon, Christian book, all of those places. Oh, that is so cool. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Oh, I'm so thankful for the work that you are doing, Deborah, and just how you're encouraging mamas in their mission um, to not only go and make disciples in their home, but in their calling as well. I love this conversation. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for listening to Mama's Mission. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. Thanks, guys. Hey, Mama. I can pretty much say ditto to what my little girl just said. It lights me up when you're encouraged to disciple your kids from the content here at Mama's Mission. So either leave a review on the podcast or hit me up on Instagram at a dash of Deb. Or better yet, join the family by subscribing to our newsletter. The link is in the description. Be blessed, Mama.